Welcome to 5 Minutes in the Word. This is your daily podcast of Bible reading and insight into God's Word. We're at the end of Jonah chapter 3, looking at verse 10 from the God's Word translation, but we're not at the end of the story of Jonah. Jonah could more effectively preach the message of repentance because he knew his own need to repent and was himself a model of repentance. He was, as we are, a sinner saved by grace. But let's listen to verse 10. God saw what they did. He saw that they turned from their wicked ways. So God reconsidered his threat to destroy them, and he didn't do it. Again, Jonah chapter 3, verse 10, from the God's Word translation, which gives us the title, Nineveh Turns from Its Wicked Ways. I'll be back to share insights from the commentaries and close with prayer. This is Hope Scott. I am your host of 5 Minutes in the Word, a daily podcast which spends a few minutes exploring God's Word. Thanks for listening, subscribing, and following my podcast. You can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Good Pods, or wherever you hear podcasts. Also, please like and follow Five Minutes in the Word on Facebook and Twitter. Again, that's Jonah chapter 3, verse 10. Repentance appeals to God's mercy, not His justice. And we thank God for His mercy. And we thank Him that He withholds His justice for uh, the wickedness that we do. He gives us a chance to get it right and make it right and make uh, um, to turn to repent. To turn is the word that was used often in uh, this chapter. So thank God that he gives us a chance to turn away from what is ungodly and what is sinful. Here is a wonder of divine mercy in the sparing of these Ninevites upon their repentance. And we thank God that he spares us upon our repentance. God saw their works. He not only heard their good words by which they professed repentance, but saw their good works by which they brought forth fruit for repentance. He saw that they turned from their evil ways, and that was the thing he looked for and required. And how many times do we just say with our mouth that we're sorry, but in our heart we continue to do what we know is wrong? So many times I can say that's been my case. I can say I'm sorry, but I continue to live or walk in a way that's ungodly. But in the case of the Ninevites, they didn't just walk, uh, talk to talk. They walked to walk. If he had not seen their, their walking and doing what they promised, uh, then if he hadn't seen their fasting and sackcloth, it would have meant nothing. It would have meant nothing because it was empty. 
but they didn't just put on the sackcloth. They didn't just fast. They actually turned away from the wickedness that caused uh, them to have this uh, judgment placed upon them. He saw that there was among them a general conviction of their sins and a general resolution not to return to them. And that's what God expects of us, a conviction to um, understand that, yes, we've sinned, but we also have the resolution that we promised God to not return to them. And with the aid of the Holy Spirit, that's one thing, that's one promise that we really can keep. But we have to have a walk with God. We have to be in sync with Him and not just go willy-nilly on our own will, on our own way, you know, doing what we feel like doing. And then later on, oh God, I'm sorry. And you know, we, we our kids do that. They know they've done something. They've strayed. They've done what they weren't supposed to do. And it's, oh God, oh mom, oh dad, I'm sorry. And that's how we are with God. But when we uh, have that resolution that we're not going to return to what has caused us to stumble, thank God for that Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit, which can, helps to convict us. Thank God for His angels, which continue to protect us. Thank God for the blood of Christ that covers us and keeps us covered so that our sins don't are washed as white as snow. Let me get back to the commentaries. When the Ninevites repented of the evil of the sin committed by them, God repents of the evil of judgment pronounced against them. So he changed his mind, which is what they prayed for. Thus he spared Nineveh and did not the evil which he said he would do against them. So that didn't make Jonah a lying prophet. It made the people understand that, you know, there's a call that God has placed and he's given me a chance to get it right. And they got it right. Here, uh, we have no sacrifices offered to God that we read, uh, that we read of to make atonement for sin. But the sacrifice of God is a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart. And that's what the Ninevites had now. And uh, what he did not will not despise, and it is what he will give uh, countenance to, and put honor upon. So he wants us to have a broken and contrite heart, as we come boldly before him, begging for his pardon, begging for his forgiveness. God honored Nineveh's repentance, even though their past sin was just reason enough for an outpouring of judgment. And the same thing is our case. We thank God that he doesn't pour out his judgment upon us. God does and did judge Nineveh, and that's recorded in the book of Nahum. Nevertheless, in light of their repentance, he delayed the pray, uh, promised uh, judgment for another 150 years. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you require a broken and contrite heart, such as the Ninevites had. 
and you will not despise it. We thank you for that. We thank you for that sacrifice that you allow us to come before you with uh, our broken spirits, things that we know that we've done that is against your will, against your way, but you allow us like that uh, little bad child who has gotten into everything that his parents told him not to get into and that parent still picks him up and hug him and love on him anyway. We thank you, Father, that you're that kind of father, that you will dust us off and set us straight and set us aright. And we know that sometimes we have to have that chastisement. We have to have the discipline. And we thank you, Father, for loving discipline. Father, we again pray for those who need you in a special way. The needs are many personal needs for myself and my family, needs of, of friends. My um, One of our church members' mother is in the hospital, but she's doing well, and we thank you, God, for that. We are laying another church member to, um, to you know, bearing another church member this on Friday. But we thank you that she lived a good long life. And we thank you for health, Father. We thank you for life and health. We pray for those who need you right now because they don't know what tomorrow brings for them. Not just in the Ukraine, not just for those in conflicts, but even here in the States, there are people who don't know what tomorrow holds. But God, we know you hold tomorrow, but they have to trust you. They have to give Jesus their hearts. They have to accept him as their Lord and Savior. Not saying things will be perfect, but Father, we thank you that we have that comfort, that we can talk to you. We don't have to pack a a little idol around to talk to you. We can talk to you audibly or in our hearts because you hear and know us all. And Father, we're praising you and blessing you in advance, praying for a peaceful end to the resolution to the, the war in, uh, the, between the Russians and the Ukrainians and conflicts all over the world. We're praying for a peaceful resolution, not just wars, but conflicts in people's homes and families. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you for spending time in God's Word with me. Be blessed.